You're listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, where you'll hear from business professionals all over the country who have found their success through networking. Join us as we explore the path to success and what it takes to overcome adversity together. Hey, welcome everybody once again to another episode of Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch. I'm Ricky, and as always, I'm here with my man Fletch. And today we have a very special guest for you, David Yasa, my new friend and somebody I'm so excited to introduce everybody to. For the past 19 years, David has been an active member and leader in the business world. He has built, managed, and led the growth of several marketing and sales teams across countries. He's led marketing activities, launched and managed products, managed trade shows, managed strategic accounts, built and sustained relationships with KOLs, including C-suite ones, owned and controlled the P&L of different teams in terms of countries, and has a proven track record in sustaining double-digit compound annual growth rate. David has an extensive commercial expertise in growing different revenue streams, leading new product launches, putting marketing strategies, and a working in a cross-functional development. David also brings to the table a lot of international experience and connections. His biggest achievement is the companies and teams he's helped to build and lead and the businesses he's helping grow, growing from one-digit millions a year to sustainable three-digit millions of annual revenues. Man, that was a mouthful, Rick. <laughs> you are quite accomplished, my friend. And I know David to be a master networker, and we're really going to dig in today. I'm excited. How are you, my man? All good. All good. Um, gearing up for uh, the holidays and uh, making sure that all of my clients are closing their year in the best way possible. I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, we start off our show with a couple of icebreakers, and um, I got the first one for you here today. We I ask everybody the same thing, and what I ask everybody is, what is the most recent app that you have downloaded on your phone? Mm. Uh, that's a good one. Okay. One is Beaverton School District app. Make sure that my kids are on track. <laughs> okay, that's the first one. I like and, it. And the second one is also Sports Engine, which is also related to my kids for their sports activities. They've just finished the football season. It was their first ever. Uh, lots of fun. And the ESPN app. Nice. nice. Yep. Wow. Those are guy. the those are the most recent three apps that I have downloaded. I love it. I have a child who was just finished up with his first season of football too, and that's an exciting, uh, it is exciting huh? time. Yeah, yeah, it was good, good, great know. season. So, yeah, I think every Saturday, this um, the, uh, during the the past three months was was a holiday. Just getting the kids ready and going to their football game and shouting and, you know, good yeah. job, 55. That's awesome. That's exciting. That was That's lots exciting. of fun. So on to another thing, sporting related. If you had to forget everything you know, okay, 
And well, all we did know is you were going to be an Olympic athlete. Go back way back, you know, in the day. What would have been your sport? What 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 gets you going on the sporting side? Uh, swimming. Yes. Yeah, I I I used to be a swimmer. I used to participate in uh, in competitions, and I I trained for quite a few years. Uh, yeah. I practiced. I mean, and it was it was a lot of fun. I think swimming is a great sport. Both of my kids are swimmers, um, as well. Um, it's a lot of fun. That's great. Well, and I wasn't a swimmer, but I knew a lot of swimmers, and uh, it, it makes makes perfect sense why you're a successful human being swimming is so hard it's if you tough. can push yourself through swimming it i put it on the same side as like wrestling like these are like the two i guess water polo is in there but that's kind of swimming too but like some of those sports are just absolutely insane as far as difficult so and and i think you're absolutely right when you compare swimming to wrestling both sports are really tough you need to really push yourself hard because you're with, with wrestling, sometimes you're competing with people that are way bigger than you within the same weight category, yeah. of course. And you have to know your 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 craft really well if you want to compete and succeed. Same goes with, with swimming. Swimming, you're competing with yourself first. You're competing with um, with time. And yeah. you're competing with others in the pool. And I actually always compare business to swimming. I I say that to my clients all the time. Michael Phelps did not wake up and find 39 world records by his bed nightstand or whatever you call it. I don't know what the name of it is. He had to push himself really hard every day to, to, to beat the world records then think about the next goal and then beat his own record and reach the next level. And if people, sometimes some of my clients come to me and they're like, what's the big thing that will change our businesses? And I tell them, well, you're going to be surprised. It's all about the small, repetitive things that you do every day that will get you there. It's all about small changes. And all you need to do is to envision the change, initiate it, and control it. This is how you turn companies to great companies. This is how you make a difference. That that's And that's awesome. what Michael Phelps did. Yeah. Man, I'm so happy that you mentioned that. And I'm, I'm going to try. I'm not going to get us too far off track. But I've been doing a lot of my... 2024 goal planning and everything right now that we're kind of at the end of the year here. And, you know, I kind of got hooked a few years ago on these, on this thing where everybody has a word of the year. Have you heard of this? And so my word for 2024 is consistency. And it's exactly like what you said, because the, where I fell short in some of my goals this year was just that. It was just consistency. It was not me doing the Michael Phelps way of all the little things every day that put make the little deposits to that last goal. And I know that if that is my focus in 24, not only will I hit my goals, but I'll beat them by doing that daily, that daily work every single day. So I I'm I'm happy that you brought that up. It's been top of mind for me right now. And I cannot agree more. 
consistency and positive habits is what's going to get you there. It's it's that extra thing that you're going to add to your schedule this week and that that one thing is going to keep repeating. For example, if you say after every estimate, I am going to send a recap email to my client starting today. That one small increment is one extra high touch that you're putting into your sales process that will get you there. And knowing that people buy between five and 12 high touches, that simple one extra high touch, okay, is part of those five to 12 touches. So it's and it separates you from the rest of who aren't doing that. Yep. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and then you. I, I know that this this podcast is all about networking. I just finished a twenty twenty four whiteboard session with my with my power team, my B two B power team in BNI. That's what we did today. We celebrated twenty twenty three accomplishments. We put one goal for twenty twenty four. And then objectives that will lead to that goal. And then we put just one big goal or not big, one one line about our Q1 2024 goal. We didn't dig deep. We didn't say how we're going to achieve that Q1 2024 goal. But we put it there and we said when we meet in January, that's what we're going to be discussing. We're going to have to get together after this, David, about power teams, because I am structuring our current power team just like that. And you just got me all fired up and we're about to really get um, off track here. So um, let's I'm going to I'm going to make a note that I'm going to follow up with you on that when we're done. Well, that, that's not really <laughs> off track. That's the core of networking. It's it's that that team you form around yourself, that power team that you put together and then. Yeah, power team sometimes gets social, but also let's remember that part of that, of having a power team or the main goal of having a power team is to refer business to each other. This this is your, your sphere of influence. This is your main marketing team. They're dealing with the same type of clients you're dealing with. That's why it is a power team. So it's how to serve your clients in a better way by bringing them resources and then that power team is your marketing team. They go out and then they talk to other businesses about you. And then they know your goals. And once they know your goals, they know who to target for you. So, I love it. You clearly know a ton about networking. And you you know you're obviously a coach of all this. Um, I, I, I think more what Ricky was talking about was um, we, we're getting off track in that we haven't given you the opportunity yet to tell us you know, yes, we had your little description up front, but in your own words, like, you know, who are you and, 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 you know, how did, how do you find networking? How did you find it as being an important part of your life? You know, I think that's, we'd love to hear that too. So yeah, we can kind of get a little bit up. of backstory, you know? Okay. Let's try to back it up a minute here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I am originally an engineer. That's what I studied for life. But then very early on, once the, the moment I finished my engineering degree, like, you know what? I know I, I I like people way more than machines. And I like the business side of the world way more than the technical side of the world. So I went into business. That's that's what I did. I um I I worked in a call center for a bit. I, I learned sales 
And there's no other place than a call center to learn sales because it's high pressure. You know, you keep pounding that phone all the time. I did that for a year and then I decided that I like traveling. So I traveled to Saudi Arabia. That was the first country I ever traveled to. Traveled there, worked as a technical support engineer for a medical device company for a couple of years, but I was mainly facing the sales team and um, uh, clients. Did that for a couple of years. Then I, I traveled again to a neighboring country, which is United Arab Emirates, Dubai mainly. And Dubai is very fast, very dynamic. I always compare it to New York City before the pandemic. You know, if you stop for a second, you'll get crushed. You'll get stepped onto. I I, I joined a medical device company um, there. I was a junior product spe- specialist. There was only one person working with me in the division I joined. It was my boss. Left a couple of years later. He left a couple of years later. Our revenue back in 2007 was, was a couple of millions. 11 years, fast forward, I was the director of marketing and sales for the whole group. We were operating in, in five countries. And then and then what and then I had how many people working for me? I had around 60 people working for me in that uh, division that I started working in. And the revenue of that division that I started working in in 2018 was 110 million. So we grew. We grew the top line by 55 folds. We grew people by 30 folds, and we grew the bottom line by 30 folds. And when people asked me how we did that, I tell them, well, I had a vision. I was able to communicate that vision with all the stakeholders and with your peers. You communicate that vision with your tiers. You communicate that vision with the support functions. You get their buy-in. And then you break that vision into goals. And then you start, you also think about people as if they are jigsaw puzzles, as as if they are pieces that fall in place that will help you with that goal. That's what you do. That's how you grow companies. And then once you put people in place, once you put the right people in place, that's when you achieve goals, you draw a line and you say, we're never going to go below that that line. And then you keep building. And then there is a foundation. There is first story, second story, and so on, until the business, become, gain, the business gains the critical mass and it becomes bigger. And then it keeps building itself even. Wow. That's awesome. You said something a couple, I mean, I think there's a lot there that we can talk about. Um, but I, you said something that is a little bit controversial to, and I think I come from that side of things in many ways. And so I agree with you hundred percent, but I think a lot of people, at least in our industry, you know, I'm in insurance, Ricky's in insurance, but when you hear the word call center, you, um, a lot, there's a lot of negative connotations and there's, I think for good reason, right? There's certainly that the bad actors out there, but I'll tell you what, at least from my perspective, and I, and I would love to hear your perspective on this too, is. I felt like that was that my time spent in a call center, despite all the negative things I can talk about the the boiler room aspects and different things like that of it. You're right. It was like going to college on steroids. I got more at bats with clients than I ever would like 
maybe in my entire the rest of my career i will probably never get that many at bats than i did in that short time i was there and it was so critical in learning how to speak with clients how to you know manage conversations all those things so i i know that's not quite networking right but i think it, it translates into networking when you talk about product knowledge so i would love to hear kind of your opinion on that it, it kind of does and then i i would tell you this i cannot agree with you more sean I think I think my 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 one year in a call center taught me a lot. One thing it taught me is that how to get this, how to get slapped on the face, and then be like, oh, ouch, and then move forward. You don't just stop there. You don't hold grudges. You you don't have this hate relationship with with somebody. You just move on. Okay. That's what the call center taught me. And then second thing is your USP, your unique selling proposition. You have to be able to deliver a message to whoever you're talking to in, in 30 seconds or less. That, that elevator pitch is so important. And there is no place other than a call center to learn that. <laughs> That's that's where you learn this is is just keeping those people on the phone and in insurance they talk a lot about that gaining those five extra seconds on the phone with your clients or with your with whoever you're talking to like you keep them you keep them on the phone for five seconds and then the next five seconds and then once you reach I think once you reach thirty seconds you you can keep them for the rest of the call you know yeah. that you have their attention and then this helps you with with networking as well because when you network with people you need to be able when they ask you what you do you you don't have like 10 15 20 minutes in in a networking event to talk to them you need to be able to grab their attention because there are so many other people that are competing with you not really competing with you but they also want time with those who are attending the networking event how are you going to deliver that message in 30 seconds or less because then people are going to be like ah oh, interesting tell me more and that's when you can book a one-to-one -one. you know what let's have a one-to-one -one and talk about this more i want to know more about you and your business so if you're being if you're able to add value in those 30 seconds or one minute during networking events and take it and take it to a one-to-one. -one. That that that's what you need to do. That's how you need to network. Yeah. And then the third thing is so we said one is yeah, is is getting slapped on the face and then moving forward, not holding grudges, and then the unique selling proposition is the second thing. And then the third thing is adding value. If you can add value to people, that's that's what's going to bring you more. That, I mean, people are going to become your marketeers. They are going to market you more if you add value to them. And when I'm wearing my networking hats and when I'm having one-to-ones with people, I am always wearing that or, or keeping that in mind is how to add value to people, how how to help them with what they need. And then it's, it's as, as we say in BNI, it's the giver's gain. And the more you adopt and the more you do the giver's gain, the more people give you. It, it comes back. It comes back. Yeah. So 
I'm I'm glad that you kind of led to the one to ones, and I want to I want to stay there for a little while because what maybe not all of our listeners know, and especially some of our non BNI listeners know, you are the king of one to ones in our region. At least that's the only way, the only one I know that I see. You, I believe, had the most one to one meetings last year for yes. the BNI year of 2023, and I'm intending to keep that. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm intending um, to stay on that throne. <laughs> so so I'd like I'd like you to tell us a little bit about why those are so important to you and how you make them effective, you know, and what it is that is so important that you're gonna give that much time to hold that title. Did I say that right? Did I ask that right? Yes, yes, okay. that's that's perfect. So there are two folds when it comes to this. I truly believe in giver's game. I truly believe in it. I truly believe that uh, if you give, you're going to get. Okay? And there is no other place better than one-to-ones where you can give. Because it's so personalized. You're You're getting deeper into that relationship with that person you're meeting with. You're talking to them about family, you're talking to them about business, you're talking to them about aspirations, you're talking about to them about the, uh, the, their goals, and so on. So the best place to give is during your one-to-one with people. And then you, you ask them questions about their vision, who they want to connect with, their their goals for the quarter, the things they are having problems with when it comes to business. I am a business coach. So when people are telling me, oh, we have this employee that, you know, it seems that we cannot get them to perform. And then I ask them, is it a motivation problem or is it a competency problem? Because if it is a motivation problem, then you need to find out what motivates them. If it is a competency problem, they are not competent then you need to train them. Have you spent enough time training them? And so on. So one-to-ones give me the opportunity to give. That's that's one. Second thing, BNI is my, my main source of referrals. My BNI group is what sends me referrals. My clients are those who send me referrals. And my clients are from BNI as well. I need to stay in touch with my clients, my BNI people, my referral partners. All of these are one-to-ones. And it's so important to stay in touch with your current and with your previous clients, to always stay in touch with your referral partners, to always stay in touch with your sphere of influence and your power team and, and, and all of these people that that are going to be your marketing team. And if you combine staying in touch and having one-to-ones with giver's gain, that's what's going to get you there. At least that's what's getting me there. That's what's helping my business thrive. That's how I get more referrals. I'm a 100% referral business. I, uh, my, like I, I tell people this, yeah, every now and then I get a referral through my websites. But what really gets me referrals are are my power team and my clients. That's what gets me referrals. And I, what helps me get those referrals is when I stay in touch with them, is when I give them more than I get. And then they start giving. 
Hope I answered your question. Yeah. Oh, I think it's, I mean, I think that's powerful. It's, it's, and I think a lot of people will try to do those things, right? And I know personally for me, I, I try to stay in touch with a, a small group. But when I when I really start branching out and I start digging in, that's where it struggles. Is So I, I, I guess I'm wondering, do you have a system that you use, you know, having all these one-to-ones, you're not having one-to-ones with like, 12 people and that, you know, and racking them up, right. You're probably having lots and lots and lots of them. So keeping, you know, staying in touch and knowing how often, and you've got to have created a system over the years, right? Now, now this is a very good point. I, I always say this, it's not about how many people, you know, it's about how deep, you know, people. So you will be surprised all of those one-to-ones are with a certain number of people. It's not, it's not with, you know, 200 one-to-ones with 200 people. Yeah. Okay. You will find that most of my one-to-ones are going to be with 30 to 40 people, maybe 50. Okay. It's, it's about how deep you can get with, with your referral um uh group or your clients how deep can you get with with yeah with your sphere of influence and that applies to any industry by the way you will find that even in insurance 80% of your future clients come or future revenue come from your existing and previous clients which is quite interesting even when you do a one-to-one with someone new, it, it will help you a lot if that new person that you're meeting with is a referral from, from a previous client because that referral has already, referral partner, I mean, has already sold you to that client, at least, or that new client. That new client knows something about you and you're not starting from scratch. It's not a cold call. It's a very warm engagement. One thing I always ask my referral partners to do, I always ask them to send an introductory email. If you want to refer me to someone, do a warm handshake, send an introductory email or, or a group phone call or a group text message, and I'll take it from there. It's way better than... You know, they send you a number and they tell you, you know what, they're expecting your call. And most of the time, yeah, yeah. They, you call and then they're like, who are you again? But if there is, if, and, and, um, and people forget. So even if your referral partner has already sold you to them, without that introductory email or group message or group call, your, your, your prospect might have forgot about you. Yeah. When there is an email, when there is a warm handshake, it's much better. Having that tie to someone, something familiar is, is super important, that, that link. Yes. And so if you want to, if, if you're asking me about the system, that's one part of that process is if I'm going to meet with somebody new, I would always want it to be a warm, you know, a warm engagement, a warm referral, a warm handshake. Either I met them in a networking group or I've met them before or somebody connected us or I've met them before in 
you know, or or we both serve a certain client and we have something in common. And this also should be part of your selling process. It's it's the relating parts. How can you relate to someone? Nothing can beat a an introductory email or you know, nothing can beat that. Yeah. I I really like what you're saying here. We we just did an interview yesterday with a guy who He's not a BNI guy, but he's got his own networking group that's pretty awesome. And his whole thing is focusing on getting to know each other first, making that know, like, and trust and those connections before you even start talking about referrals and what you do. He has portions in his groups and meetings that you're not allowed to talk about business at all. And I'm thinking back to when you and I had a one-to-one and how you and I got connected. And it's just like you said, we had a warm email. Then we happened to meet in person at a mixer, which was kind of cool. And then we met. And the more now that I'm really thinking about it, we had an hour. And I feel like it was only the last like 15 minutes we really talked about business, right? Absolutely spot on. So there if you want to build a relationship with someone you need to go certain stages and it's it's no like and trust some people say this way and then the other is visibility uh credibility and then profitability that's in bni terms right now the visibility part or or the no part you should spend your time to know the people that you're dealing with spend some time to talk about things that you both can relate to, uh, build rapport. People are not going to buy from you if they do not, if they don't find that there is something in common between you and them. And that something in common can be something simple. We both have kids or we both went through a certain stage in life that was tough or we both own the same car or we, or we, we both are fans of uh, the Timbers, you know? something to relate to spend some time to find that thing that you both can relate to and then spend some time to build trust as well trust is important people will not trust you before knowing you and they will not trust you if you don't spend enough time to build that trust and in my industry which is business coaching building trust is so important also in networking in general, people are not going to refer their clients to you unless they know that you are awesome at what you do, that you're really good. And they will not know that before they know you and trust you. And sometimes it it kind of mesmerized, mesmerizes me when I see people uh, joining networking groups and then they leave in, in a couple of months and say, oh, we didn't get any business. That's not the fault of the networking group. There is a big chance that this is kind of your fault because you didn't put enough effort to know the people, to build trust, to give. That's why it didn't work for, for you. So working your network is, is, very, is very, very crucial for, for the success of that you know, business venture that you're entering because networking is not only about about the amount of money you pay to join the group. It's also the time you put in. If we take BNI, for example, the minimum time required is 
one one-to-one, one meeting, which is two and a half hours, and then one CEU per week, right? That's that's yep. the time you need. And so we're talking here about how many hours? Three and, three and a half, hours. but that's not minimum. Even that's not that's, that's minimum, and I say that's not enough. But let's take those three hours and a half, okay? What's how how much do you value your 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 time? Three hundred dollars an hour. Let's say two hundred dollars an hour, okay? Two hundred dollars an hour. Multiply that by three hours and a half. That's seven hundred dollars a week. Multiply that by fifty weeks. That's 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 quite an amount of money. That's not a small amount of money you're putting in. So you put in that time. If you want that time to come back to you into into monetary or into money, you have to work. You have to put an effort and focus into that time to bring you a return. If you think that just by joining a networking group and doing doing the bare minimums, you're gonna get back a return, you're mistaken. Doesn't work this way. Those people are not just waiting for you to show up and they're gonna be sending you a plethora of referrals because you just showed up. Doesn't work this way. You need to build trust with them. You need to build rapport. They need to know you. You need to put an effort into giving. You need to put an effort into one-to-ones and then they're gonna give you back. Yeah, you've got to network, right? You've got to actually network in a networking group. Go figure. Right. 100%. I mean, reach, man. You, I feel like sometimes I get hard on some of our chapter for not putting in the work. And sometimes I think, well, not everybody is, is wired to put in the same kind of work that I do. And, but the more and more we do this podcast and meet with people like you that are, I'll say, for lack of a better term, to be quick, a high-performing BNI member, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing or should have the connotation it has, because if you are a high-performing BNI member, we've already interviewed many people who are that, that have the direct correlation to the growth in their own businesses. And when I get hard on some of the people in our chapter and some of our chapter for their lower performance, it's not coming from a place of judgment or scorn, but it is because I am investing that time for myself, but I also want my chapter that I'm a part of to be that successful because then we all win. And being in a group like that, when you are around winners and people all growing together is just the icing on the cake for all the other things that come with it. hundred percent. And then when you all win, what happens? They elevate your business and you end up, you end up elevating yourself. I was just thinking our chapter in 20, our goal for our chapter in 2021 was was uh, I think one million. Now we're aiming for four, four million dollars so far, and it has only been I don't know what um, a month. No, three months. We achieved our one million for the quarter. Nice. So we're yeah. heading towards that a goal of four millions of thank you for closed business. And trust me, not everybody is recording. There are so many referrals being passed back and forth between the chapter members. Okay, and 
And people, even after referring and getting the business, sometimes they forget to record. But this will only happen if everybody is putting at least some effort. I mean, back to back to the three hours and a half minimum you're putting in. That's we said that if the hour is two hundred dollars, you're putting in seven hundred dollars, and if we multiply this by fifty weeks, we're talking about thirty-five thousand dollars of investments apart from the money you pay into into BNI, for example, to join. Thirty-five thousand dollars. You should you should really work these $35,000 in order for them to bring you back a return on your investments. So I, I would, I think, I don't know if you've listened to this, but our episode, one of the more recent ones as of this recording that just came out, Richard Sweet, he is a, and I know you probably understand all the stuff he's talking about, but my point is he's a commercial insurance agent like me, but he's down in Eugene. Okay. And he calculated his BNI time. He makes three hundred and eighty dollars an hour for every hour he spends in BNI. He's calculated how much he's made by following the kind of process and effort that you're talking about. Wow! And see, that's that's exactly that's exactly how the return should be. If and that's what I say. If you give, you're gonna get back. If you invest, you're gonna get a return on your investment and nothing. And then there's one more thing. People keep thinking that they need to join like 10 networking groups and the 10, 10 network. It's not about the quantity, it's about the quality. It's about how deep you get with your group of people, how deep you get with your referral partners. That's back to your question. Sean, I know we you, you were like, how many people do you meet with? Not really much, not so many, not 200 people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I'm I mean, honored I was, to have, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to just talk, I was just going to say, it kind of goes back to something I was thinking about with that is, is that consistency that you brought up at the very beginning, uh, Ricky, and then you guys were talking about it a little bit in that, that consistency is is very much the same, right? Is it, it very much ties to it all. Anything I've been successful in in my life, right? I've gone a hundred percent on it, right? And it's, it's just, it's just the way it is. Anything I've tried to go here, 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 and try to juggle. I clearly am not a very good juggler. Like I would not be a jester or anything like that. I am built differently. And so anything I've decided to just consistently go at and attack, I win at. And so I think that's that can be said here, right? Is if you're gonna if you're gonna commit to something, BNI or a networking situation or your business, whatever it is, you've got to cons- you got to commit to being consistent at it, hundred percent. And then you'll find it's 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 not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. At that point, of, of you'll find success. Yes, it's it's Simon Sinek was. Uh was talking about it in one of his interviews. He's like, if you go to the gym and you say, I'm going to spend 10 hours in the gym, hoping that I'm going to get that my six pack will show. Well, good luck with that. But if you break those 10 hours into 20 minutes, you know, training session every day for God knows how many, how many weeks, it will happen. You will get those six facts. You will get them. You, sometimes you don't know when, 
but they say, end up showing no idea. are consistent. <laughs> it's taken a lot more than 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 ten hours, but I'll tell you what that, that was my goal at the beginning of last year, and as of about three weeks ago, I can see my abs. So we're uh, we're heading in the right direction, but it's it's taking a lot of hours in that gym and a lot of time and a lot of eating right. But but but, but you get me here, right? It's oh, 100. If, if you spend 100%. one day, uh, if you put those ten hours into one day and say I showed up to a networking group, you will never get the six pack. Yeah, no. You will never get your abs solid when it comes to business. You need to get deep with that networking group. You need to be very consistent, very consistent when it comes to your one-to-ones. When I started business, my goal was 10 one-to-ones a week, two a day. That was my goal. Two networking groups a week for a year, for one full year, and two one-to-ones a day. And what kind of results did you... I'm sorry? I'm just curious, what were the results of that? Oh, the results were really fast. I got my very first client three weeks after I started doing that. And I never looked back. I never looked back. It, it you know, it keeps, uh, business keeps growing and uh, my network keeps expanding and, and more people keep talking about me more and I keep adding value. And that's my goal. My vision is to add value to as many people as I can in my sphere of influence. And I know my sphere of influence really well. So, and I know that the more I add value, the more, the more my business grows because money to me is a byproduct. If I do well, money is going to come. So, so this is what something I'm catching that I really like is you're not attached to the results. You're detached from the results that come from your networking effort, but rather attached to the process. Big time. So a, a goal and a vision will give you direction. What gets you there is the process of driving. Okay? You need to stay true to your vision and goals. You need to stay true to your core values. Again, giving is a core value of mine. You need to stay true to that. If you stay true to these things, and then you 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 start focusing on the habits and on consistency and on the process and on your systems, you're going to get to your destination. Provided every now and then you take that step back, you look at the whole thing from above, you slow down a bit, look at where you're you're at, look at where you want to be, and then and then go back to the process. That's that's how we do it. Okay, just make sure that every now and then, I always tell my clients this. It's it's we have yearly vision, we have quarterly goals, usually five per quarter, and then we have strategies and tactics, and that's what we work at. This is what makes the difference. You can set smart goals, but without putting strategies and tactics and identifying the the obstacles that might hinder you from reaching those goals. If you don't do that, you're not going to reach the goals. Just writing them down is not writing them down is a good thing, but it's not going to help you. You have to put the goal and then put some strategies and tactics, the habits that are going to help you reach that goal. And then you go and do it. That makes sense. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. If you start, I started thinking about that when you just said that and you kind of repeated it a couple of times and I was like, hmm, you're right. Cause I'm a dreamer, like at, at heart, like I'm, I'm this guy who comes up with these 
these great, fantastic ideas, but sometimes it's like, then I go for them. And then I'm like, Oh, I don't really have a system in place. I don't have I, things in place to get there. I, you know? So I, I'm a, you know, I jump, I act, I dive in. And then I'm like, then I figure out my system along the way. And that's sometimes that's not always the, the, the most efficient way to get there or, or the way to get there at all. Yeah. But, but that's a good, this is actually strategy. Um, um, you know, this aim ready and fire, is yeah. it like that? Yeah, <laughs> I always tell people this aim, fire, and then readjust. It's okay <laughs> to fire before being ready. It's okay because some people spend a lot of time preparing. Oh, you'll never uh, be all the way ready. No way. No way. 80% is good enough. I know that the perfectionists will start stoning me when they hear this, but trust me, 80% is good enough. 80%, 80%, unless you're preparing, you know, a, 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 a chemical reaction in, in a lab, 80% doesn't work. <laughs> Don't do that. But in business, for an initiative, sometimes 80% is good enough. Actually, 80% of the time, 80% is good enough. That's that's almost a, uh, what is that? What is that? Anchorman. Sixty percent of the time, it works all the time, right? <laughs> uh, no, but I, I really, I really like that because this is something I'm currently working on with myself: is being less attached to the results and more attached to the process. And back to what we were talking about in the beginning: consistency, right? And when you're consistently having your one to ones with this focus and in this way, this is why. You are so successful in both your business and your networking efforts because you're going deep. Like I said, we spent the first 45 minutes at least of our BNI meeting just talking with each other and having finding that we have a lot of common ground. We could have talked for like all day. Yeah. See, see the word you just mentioned, the common ground word. That if if you want to move from the no to the trust. It's all about finding that common ground, and and yeah, that that common ground is is that is your next stepping stone to start a referral partnership or a a or or gaining that client or you know or building that um, um, uh, power team. There has to be some common ground. And that's why, as you said, Ricky, you need to spend time doing it. I really enjoyed our one-to-one because we 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 just clicked. Mm-hmm. We found so many things in common between us. And, and then you're like, you know what, David, I cannot wait to invite you or I cannot wait to have you on our podcast. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait either because I knew that I was going to enjoy this. And and I can't and now I can't wait to be able to have the opportunity to sit down with you again. I would love that. We have to have a one-to-one again. Let's let's have a quick phone call. I I will support your quest to keep the title. You'll you'll get an hour out of me for sure. So, I, I mean, we, we are kind of heading towards the end of this. We're not trying to wrap up or anything like that, but we are heading towards the end of this. And so um, we've covered a lot of things, consistency and through networking and a little bit, you know, through through several different things. But if there is something that, you know, uh, 
someone new to networking, completely new, completely fresh to networking could do just one thing they could focus on if, if there's one, if there is one thing, right? What would that be? What would be your recommendation for them to, to focus on? If you join the networking group and you decided you made an informed decision to join that networking group, don't don't wait for results right away. Know that you're gonna you you will have to put some effort in in order for results to come back. This is this is the first thing. Put your heart into it. Just money is in the relationships. Build relationships with people. If you want to make money, build relationships with people. If you, I I my dad used to tell me that easy come easy go. So if you think that you're going to meet with someone and they're going to give you their money right away, you're mistaken. It's not going to happen like that. And if they do, they're going to take the money back. You're going to, the relationship is going to break eventually. Put some effort into building rapport with, with your networking group. Put some effort into, put your heart, pour your heart into it. And if you do that, it's it's going to come back to you. The third thing is, think about this. How can I connect those people that I just met with, the new this new networking group, with my folks? How can I connect people together, be a connector? How I can refer more? Keep thinking about that. The more you refer out, the more you get. If you don't give, you don't get. So those are the three things. I know you I asked that. for one, but I gave you three. Adding value, right? You're you're just yes. a natural at adding value. But I think but all three things go together. Yes, they do. And and I tell people this: price, price is is actually is kind of yeah, it is tangible, but it's also um, it's perceived. Price is perceived. People will end up paying you based on how much value you provide. If they think. The value you give or the value you provide them is more than the price tag, they will do business with you. And this starts by giving more value. Well, right, because they're paying for your trust and for your expertise and the relationship, the cost, and in my case, the insurance policy. That's just the contract that binds it together. It's that's right. It's the premium, the cost of it is. My experience, my time, our relationship, knowing I'm there for you because we trust each other. That's what you're really buying. That's what my clients are really buying. That's that's 100% accurate. And if we talk about your business, you will find that if you stay in touch with your clients, if you're adding value to them, even when the premium goes up at renewal, they end up staying with you. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. if you are only a price tag, and your premium goes up, they're going to leave you. If you're a stranger to them, they're going to let go of you the moment they receive a phone call from someone telling them that you were, we're going to be able to provide you the same benefits with half of the price. You don't want that, right? Right. Got to be a resource. You got to be more than just, you know, a product. Yes. So. Yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly right. I have a longer process than most when onboarding and prospecting new accounts. And um, 
it's because of that. It's it's exactly what you're talking about. It's because I want to know who I'm working with and I want them to know who I'm working with because I'm not for everybody and everybody's not for me either. Very true. I I am very selective about my clients too. And I'm sure my clients are very selective about who to do business with. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure yours too. So you need to spend time to build and that's why you need to have a sales process. And part of the sales process is relating and establishing or building rapport. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Well, sir, I think it's uh, Ricky. Do you want to ask him the magic question um, after, after we let him kind of tell everybody, how do we get in touch with you? Like how do the, how does the rest of the world listening today get in touch with you? If they want to meet, you know, the gro- the growth coach. Yeah. So, so my business name is the growth coach of greater Portland people. I, I am one of those dinosaurs that still uses a phone. I, I, you know, I love phone calls. And if people call me, I answer the phone. I actually answer the phone. And if I don't answer the phone, I call them back. Imagine that. (laughs) I call people back so they can call me on my business number, 503-319-2752. They can email me. They can text me on this number too. They can email me on D Yasa, which is D Y A S S A at thegrowthcoach.com. I also reply back to emails. I do my best to reply back without within the 24 hour uh, window. And um, yeah, they can find my website. It's www.thegrowthcoachgreaterportland.com. Uh, it's the growth coach, greaterportland.com. Yeah. And then I have my business page uh, on, on Facebook. And I also have my YouTube channel. Uh, just <laughs> Google um, David Yassa on YouTube. This is also an, um, something that I do. Uh, I put videos on YouTube shorts about business, people who want to know me or at least to get some business nuggets. They can they can. Look me up and uh, they will find some cool videos over there. I love it. I'm sure my phone will hear it now and it'll just start showing me them because that's how mad the magic of the phone. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. When it comes to this, I don't mind it at all. (laughs) Okay, so David, I'm going to follow up with you and we're going to have a one-to-one in the coming month or so. What's going to be your coffee order when we get together? Yeah, I'm so vanilla when it comes to this. It's it's gonna be black coffee, dark roasts. Ooh. Yeah, dark roasts, drip coffee, black. He's wow, we, I don't I don't think we've have we had a black coffee person yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's awesome. Brew food kind of drinks or oh. you know, juices or teas and things like that. So yeah. You're the, you're we ask you're everybody the first that. Black yeah, well, that's going to be my order. I there love it. Go. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You're going to make it. You're making it easy on me. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm okay, a cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, David, for tuning in here with us and spending some time with us. We really do appreciate your time. And for those of you out there listening, know, like, trust, right? Remember, those are those key big things. Well, like our podcast. Share it with people you know and uh, reach out to us or or David if uh, you, you need any help. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. 
Thank you for listening to Well Connected with Ricky and Fletch, the place for navigating business growth through networking. If you've learned even one thing from sharing the last hour with us, please share this with a friend or associate who also might appreciate it too. Only together can we become truly well connected. Join us each week to learn, grow, and network your way to new heights. heights.